you're welcome to Mountain Springs Church Podcast, a podcast that brings you life-giving teachings and sermons from our church leadership. We hope that as you listen, you will be blessed and edified in your walk with Jesus Christ. And now, stay tuned as we bring you the teaching for today. Hello, this is Fidelis Odogbo. I want to welcome you to this edition of Mountain Springs Church Podcast. It's sort of like a continuation of where we stopped in our first podcast, where we talked about religion versus relationship. Right now, we'll be delving into an aspect of our Christian life that truly defines our position. I'm talking about salvation today, and I'm going to start from a perspective, you know, from the Old Testament saints. Now, speaking of David himself, who wrote these Psalms, I'm going to see exactly, or we're going to see how he painted a picture of what salvation truly is. And then we're going to delve into how that means to us today under the new covenant. So I'm going to read from Psalms chapter 62. Now, it actually covers every verses in this chapter, but we're, just going, to, we're going to take it one after the other. But Psalms 62 verse 1 says, For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. And that's so powerful to hear that. That from God comes our salvation. Now what does that tell us? It's simply saying to us actually that salvation is not a product of what we have done. It does not come from us. But from God comes our salvation. And this is David recognizing the fact that his salvation, well, in the context of the Old Testament reality, salvation actually means deliverance, rescue, prosperity, you know, in this context. Now, it says that from God comes his salvation. He recognized the source of his safety. He recognized the source of his deliverance of his rescue from dangers and from you know d- damnation now i believe that is where god is calling us to to come to a place of realization where we recognize the fact that he is the source he is the one that has given unto us salvation you know we've been taught by religion in many different ways that we walk our way to salvation that are the, I mean the things we do the things we say the things we don't do or the things we don't say is what eventually leads us to experience God's salvation in the sense I will make heaven you know I'm trying to explain this from you know a context of David speaking from his whole from his whole heart he says look God alone comes my salvation From him comes my salvation. And in verse 2, he says, He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. Now, I don't know how else to explain this, actually. It's just so clear and simple that our salvation is of the Lord. It comes from the Lord. I understand the fact that we are called into a a responsible life where we are responsible for our actions we are responsible for the things we do for the things we don't do but that only stops 
with us and the world around us. Our relationship with human beings, with our environment, with circumstances. But when it comes to God, we are on the receiving end. We are the recipient and He is the giver. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. In verse 5 here, it says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from Him. And in verse 6, it says, He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, I shall not be shaken. It's so clear to me, actually, that David understood what it means to be saved. He knows very well that his salvation does not come from the things that he has done. Neither does it come from the things that he has not done. But it comes from his God alone, whom he recognized as his fortress, as his refuge, as his own trust. Now, when we speak of the word refuge, what do we mean actually? Let's take the literal terms it means today, like refugees. We see people from different parts of the world who are experiencing natural disasters or war happening in their, in their country and they are fleeing to safety. Now, most times the countries that receive them in has to bear the responsibility of their upkeep. They are called refugee, which means that the country that has accepted them into their space or into their territory must care for their basic needs, just simply their human basic needs, food, shelter, and perhaps clothing. Now, take God to be our refuge, where we're coming into. It means that He is responsible for our safety, He is responsible for our shelter, He is responsible for our upkeep, he is responsible for everything that concerns us on the face of this earth. And that's what David recognized his God to be, that he is the one that takes care of him. Now, if we look at the word salvation from the Hebrew word, actually, it speaks of deliverance, safety. Actually, the word is safety from dangers and safety from any source of threat. That's exactly what God has called us into, or that is what he has gifted us with. That this is his responsibility to his people. That he is the one that cares for us, that preserves us. Another word used for that word salvation is the word preservation. He preserves us. He leads us away from danger, away from anything that will destroy us as a human being. That's God. In our life. Now, when we shift these to the New Testament realities, it changes a little bit. Then it becomes salvation from eternal damnation, salvation from the curse of the law, salvation from the lake of fire, salvation from anything that is darkness. Now, what God is saying is this that we have been called to experience or to enjoy the salvation that God has gifted us with. Let me read from Isaiah chapter 30 verse 18. It says, Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exhorts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord God, 
for sorry for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. That's so powerful to know that God is waiting to be gracious to us. He is waiting, looking for the for opportunities, looking for the right time when we eventually will, you know, turn our eyes away from the things that bothers us or for the, the things that takes our, our, our attention away from him. He is waiting for us to look to him as our salvation. He is waiting for us to look to him as our helper, to be gracious to us, to unleash his gracious kindness towards us. He is waiting for us. He is, he is looking for every bit of opportunity to do this to us. That's the God that we serve. That's what salvation really means. It is something that has been gifted to humanity. Then he says that, therefore he exhorts himself to show mercy to you. God exhorts himself, puts himself that high for one reason, so that he can show us mercy. That's really what I believe we should understand concerning our Christian life. And if we understand it from this standpoint, it saves us a lot from any sense of legalism. It saves us from that mentality of works where we think that our life, our actions or inactions are the things that saves us from damnation. That's really what I'm trying to, 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 to clarify to us, that our salvation is from God. It comes from God and no one else. Now, I look at the story of the early apostles, Peter. When Peter told the layman to walk, the layman at the gate of beautiful, he says, silver and gold, I don't have it, but all that I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And when the people around him began to question, how did you do this? By whose authority did you, you know, exact to make this man walk? How exactly, you know, did you get this guy to stand on his feet again and walk? And Peter began to explain to them. He says, look, it's by the name of Jesus Christ alone. And then he says in chapter in uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, so there is no name under heaven by which man can be saved except the name of Jesus. That's really what I, I'm, I'm really trying to explain to us today. That the name of Jesus is what God has given unto us to experience his salvation. Let me just read that aspect of Acts chapter 4, verse 12. It says, And there is salvation in no one else. I love that sentence. There is salvation in no one else. There is salvation in no one else. Nothing else can bring salvation to us. Not even us. We can save ourselves. No human being can save us. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And we know the name that has been given among men by which we can be saved. Is the name of Jesus. The Bible says that his name alone, Yeshua, means salvation. He is called to save God's people or to save the world from their sin. That's exactly what salvation means. I really want us to get this, you know, from the standpoint of us 
receiving salvation as a gift rather than it, it being a result of our works. God is calling us to a life where we should acknowledge that we are where we are today in him because of what Jesus did on the cross and not because of what we can do or because of what someone else did for us, but because of what Jesus himself did for us. We are saved today by grace through faith in his name. Now, in Hebrew chapter 2, verse 3, the writer says, How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? I like that word, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Look at the term he used there, such a great salvation. I believe the reason he used this term is because it's a salvation that came, on, came upon us, not as, not as a result of what we did, but as a result of what someone else did for us, Jesus himself. How can we neglect it? He said, it was declared at first by the Lord and it was attested to us by those who heard it. People have tasted of this and they've, they've come to see that truly and indeed, God is the one that saved us. And we should live our life on the basis of the fact that we have been saved by the mercy of God, by God's grace itself through Jesus Christ. That's really what I want to, you know, tell us today. I really want us to look at it from a practical point of view, that Christianity is so simple. Christianity is so simple that it's, you know, it is so hard to, to miss it. That we, all that we can do is continue to receive all that God has gifted us with. He's gifted us everything in Christ Jesus. All we need to do is to continue to accept these gifts of life, this gift of freedom, this gift of deliverance, this gift of salvation, prosperity, and continue to walk in it and continue to appropriate it in every department, in every aspect of our lives. That is how we'll experience the best of God. Not when we are trying to make things happen by our own efforts. It never works when we summon our mentality, our intelligence, our energy to make things happen in our lives and to, you know, get to a point where we say, this is what I've done. This is the fruit of my labor. I believe when it comes to terms of salvation, there is nothing like the fruit of my labor, but rather the fruit of Jesus' sacrifice. So we are a product of what Jesus did on the cross in the sense that we have entered into this living relationship where our salvation is only from the Lord and not from us, from God himself. He is waiting to be gracious to us. He is waiting earnestly to show us mercy and unconditional love. If I approach God from this standpoint, it will erase every trace of religion in me that thinks that God is just waiting for me to get it right and then he will respond in my life. Or he's just waiting for me to act on the right spot or on, on the right way and then he can make it happen in my life. 
God has already made everything happen in our lives that we would ever imagine. But they are all stored in this reality of us understanding, you know, that God has provided this in Christ Jesus. Jesus, right now, is our salvation. He is our deliverance. He is our rescue. Take it from this perspective and you will live a victorious life here on the earth. That's how simple it is. That's how clear it is when it comes to salvation. And the apostles understood this from the very beginning that their dependence on God is all that they need to experience the miraculous in their lives. And all they did is to depend on the fact that Jesus Christ is the salvation, is the one that, that saves. There is no name under heaven by which any human being can be saved. They recognize that reality. They know very well that, look, salvation on the earth is as a result of what Jesus did. It's as a result of what he did for us. And he, he did it completely so that we can't even add anything to it anymore. All we can do is to yield ourselves to this reality and begin to think from this standpoint that God is our salvation. God in Christ is our salvation. Now, I'm using the terms God and Jesus Christ today. There's going to come a time I'm, I'm going to really expound on this because God is God of creation. Everything comes under Him. He is the God of all creation, both the human life, the plant life, the animal life, the cosmos, that's the whole universe. He is the God of creation. But when it comes to Him being a Father, He is a Father to those who have acknowledged Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So He's not a Father to everybody. He is God to all creation, but He's a Father to those only who have accepted what Jesus did on the cross for them and have believed that they have been saved by grace through faith. Now, this set of people who we are today are the ones that, you know, can live a life that God has already provided for us in Christ Jesus, a life of safety, a life that has been freed from the torments, from the curse of the law, a life that has been freed from eternal damnation from the separation that Adam and Eve experienced in the Garden of Eden that separated humanity from the life and the essence of God. We have been delivered, have been set free and has been brought back to that reality. Now that's really, I believe, what this scripture is trying to get us to, to understand. And at least to get us to begin to think in this direction that salvation is of the Lord. It comes from Him only. Of course, like I said from the beginning, that we are on the receiving end. We received salvation. Someone said, oh no, but we worked for it. We worked for it. I obeyed the Ten Commandments. I did everything that the Bible said I should do. I loved my neighbors. I I didn't lie, I didn't steal from any man, I didn't commit an adultery, I didn't do anything that is silly. So I deserved it by that, by virtue of those my works, I am saved. I'm saying exactly the opposite. That your works cannot save you, your 
good works, your kindness, your ways of doing things that is so perfect cannot save you. Your salvation, or rather our salvation, is from the Lord. It comes from Him only. I looked up to that word from, and I could see that from the Hebrew word, it actually uses the word, out of God comes our salvation. Out of Him comes our salvation. Our salvation is an outpouring of God into us. That's exactly what it means. It's God's lavish love towards us as His people. He has lavished us with His salvation. He poured it onto us. He gave, he gave us, you know, He saved us way much better than the fall of humanity. Someone said, well, that the price was far greater than the fall itself. That was what God did. He really saved us and brought us to a place of rest. Now, my goal is to get us to understand that Christianity is a life that, you know, we are called to live, experiencing the rest that Jesus Christ's death provided for us. When I try to start making things happen, start, you know, imposing on myself religious calisthenics and all sort of works, it becomes so difficult that sometimes discouraging and people pull out of the faith because they've made it such a drudgery that you do these things every day to ensure that you stay saved. The truth is that you have been saved and you will remain in that status, not because you gave yourself that status, but because God gave you that status through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That is what he did. Now, we're going to flesh on this as time goes on, but I want to stop here for today. But to leave you with this last word, that Jesus Christ is our salvation. Jesus Christ is our salvation. And all we need to do is to acknowledge this and live our lives on the basis of this truth that we have been saved and it is because of what Jesus did and not because of what we can do or we can get ourselves off of not doing. God bless you and I look forward to seeing you or to, you know talking with you again next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. We hope you were blessed and are refreshed as you listened. If you're considering supporting Mountain Springs Church in any way by giving, prayers, or being a part of our launch team, please contact us at info at mountainspringschurch.ca or follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Mountain Springs Church CA. Thank you for listening today and God bless you.